0: This episode of The Incubator is proudly sponsored by Chiesi. Providing innovative neonatology solutions for more than 35 years, Chiesi is committed to supporting the neonatology community and the NICU families you serve. To learn more, visit www.nicuconnections.com slash incubator.
1: This is The Incubator, a weekly discussion about new advances in neonatology. And the fascinating individuals who make this progress possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I am Dr. Ben Korsha.
0: And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova Barbo. We are neonatal intensive care physicians.
1: Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We are joined by Aaron Pryor. Aaron, how are you? Good.
2: Thank you for having
1: me. No, thank you. You've been uh, obviously very busy the past two days. Very busy. Uh, congratulations <laughs> on a beautifully crafted conference. Um, I am, um, I guess, my first question to you is what prompted you to? You, you have a background in uh, nutrition. And then you joined the next society. I'm just curious as to how, how this whole Yeah, it's sh- actually
2: a really cool story. Um, so, I'm a NICU parent. I mm-hmm. did have a preemie. He's a 31 week born almost 20 years ago. Right. Um, at the time, I was working as a registered dietitian, but I was doing adult weight management and mm. nutrition research and knew that dietitians could work in NICUs. So, I thought maybe one day. I would like to do that, um, just to kind of give back and help people with the experience that I had had being in the NICU. So it was only about four or five years later, I was able to transition into a role as a NICU dietitian. Right. And I was at um, Miami Valley Hospital in Dayton, Ohio, for 10 years. Um, Loved my job, really thrived there, Um, personally and professionally rewarding, and I knew I was lucky to have a job that you know fulfilled both of those.
1: It's good to hear that because I feel like I frustrate the dietitians yeah. so yeah. much.
2: Yeah. We annoy them, them a lot. Yeah. Well well we also, you know, our, our our thing is we have so many things. And so when we're passionate about, you know, whether it's feeds or even probiotics now because that's such a it's a feed thing. Um, TPNs, we want to do the TPNs. And mm-hmm. so we're very passionate, I know as NICU dietitians as a whole Um, And there are many that really get involved more so, I would say, than even adult dietitians. We're very needed and involved, and know that nutrition is so important for for the little preemies. So we feel that we feel that from you, like we Mm -hmm. want to be part of the team. We work with everybody on a daily basis, and really feel that um, you know necessary Mm -hmm. to get to get the babies to grow. Go home.
0: I'm always so impressed by former NICU parents who then say, "I'm going to work in." The NICU, knowing that there's like some processing of your yep. history yep. that you really have to undertake to be able to step back into the NICU, walk with families yep. who maybe had a similar shared experience. So that was
2: something I was unprepared for. Yeah. I was really gung-ho about, you know, like I said, giving back and trying to work in some way. Um and initially, I feel like it was, you know, I can't believe I'm back here yeah. doing this, but it, it didn't last very long, and everyone, like I said, was so welcoming, um, and it just really felt like I was important and needed, so it, that went away really quickly. Like, it, it, it became a, a profession, but it also became, like, a positive versus, like, something I was nervous about.
0: In our unit, we have a few nurses who are former mm-hmm. Nikki parents, okay. and... I can tell when they disclose that, you know, mm-hmm. in different ways that the parents just, I mean, they just latch yeah. on to them. They're yeah. looking yeah. for that. Yeah. W- and I
2: would offer that up too. If I knew, I knew something, you know, that the parent needed. Might help. I would also be able to share that. And mm-hmm. I could kind of relate. And if they were struggling or frustrated with feeds or, you know, specifically that, I would share my story. And then I could That's instantly it. see like, oh, you get it. You get it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> And how did you then join the next society?
2: So then I worked there for 10 years um, and ended up leaving the hospital right before the pandemic hit. So Mm. it was literally about three months I left that role um, and was home during the pandemic. And I struggled because I really loved the Nikki job, but um, left just for some some personal reasons and um, didn't know what else I would do. So I looked into maybe some teaching jobs and other things, but never felt confident I wanted to kind of stay in the NICU world somehow advocating for preemies in some way Um, and I was looking for continuing education credits I see because I didn't have an avenue to get them and I just googled neonatal nutrition or something and found um, a webinar that the NEC Society had put out right and it was the first the first person that came on the webinar was Lindsay Green who used Mm. to be our outreach coordinator and was uh, an adult survivor of NEC she blew me away with her story, and I, as a dietitian in the NICU, or you all can relate to this too, uh-huh. um, when they leave, we don't we don't hear what happens. That's right. Um, I don't follow a neck patient, you know, to, to their 20s, and so it was really eye-opening and kind of frustrating, honestly, to not, you know, be involved as they go and know what I did in the NICU and how mm-hmm. that impacted them later, even into early infancy, you know, two, three years old, and all the way, you know, through the life cycle, so... Um, I was on their newsletter uh, after that, so I kind of signed up, put my email in, and then it was uh, almost a year later that they started advertising for a fundraising coordinator. Wow. So, I was like, okay, I'm not a fundraiser. <laughs> I don't have any experience, but I'm super passionate about this. <laughs> I'll so figure it out. I'm going to throw... <laughs> exactly. Put so my name in the hat. I'm going to throw my name in there and see what happens. So... Um, We had an organization um, that was like a consulting group for hiring at the time, and um, she called me, the the hiring coordinator called me, and we had a great conversation. So I had, over the next couple of interviews, I met with Jen and Erin, and um, I'll never forget the call in my living room when um, they called and said, you know, we know you applied for the fundraising position, but you're not our fundraiser. Mm we want you to be our research coordinator. Amazing. So with my background and obviously being a clinician and right. I had had some research experience also prior to my NICU work, they created a new position That's and awesome. decided to have me join them in that role. That's awesome. So awesome. I Yeah, it was just like a dream. And, and now it's been two years, and I can't even tell you. The feeling of being able to do what I'm able to do without the confines of the hospital. Mm. So like protocols and policies and procedures, like none of that. Like Mm. Jen's like the complete opposite of let's, you know, let's figure that out. Let's just do it. Like don't be restricted. And that's a huge difference in the feeling that I've loved being in this role, to be able to freely kind of do whatever we want. Right, <laughs> right. right.
0: So tell us about some of those, um, the research arm uh, initiatives, the probiotic toolkit, yeah. the research yeah. incubator, yeah. and the mentorship yep. so program. those are
2: kind of our three big projects that have gone um Launched, so to speak, in the last couple of years. Um, The probiotics toolkit was a daunting project Mm. for sure. Uh, We didn't use probiotics in my unit, so I wasn't super familiar with them, which I think was really helpful because I was dedicated to really figuring it out, really looking from an unbiased view. Mm. Um, We had no experience with it, so um, with the help of our scientific advisory council, I was able to kind of just collect the information, do a lot of the review process. We worked on Um, Kind of the recommendations, but not, you know, not being biased with for or against. And um, it was it was tough, I will admit it was tough, but Uh we eventually got a really good, um, you know, resource with a lot of great information to really just help the NICUs who aren't sure about starting the process. And if I, if I had had this tool when I was a dietitian, I would have loved it. And that mm-hmm. was always the problem is that even dietitians, you know, that's our thing. But I didn't have the time. Right. Like, nobody had the time to really dig into all of it. So we had 66 beds. I was like, you know, kind of the only dietitian near near the end of my career there and i just didn't have the time. No, if you got around
1: tight. to all your babies already yeah, yeah, within the day that was it. <laughs> Yeah, that was already that's already pretty amazing. So,
2: if i had had this toolkit, it would have been a great starting point to take to my unit, take to the team and we would, you know, go through the process. Um, the Research Incubator is really growing, and I'm really proud of that. We are starting many collaborations already, connecting researchers. It's really just a group of people who want to continue neck research in right. all different ways. We have PhD students. We have pediatric surgeons, neonatologists. We have um, clinical nurse scientists um, that all just are eager to learn more mm-hmm. and connect and collaborate. We've already seen like outside collaborations happening And even just being here at the next symposium with the early investigators, like, gave me the chills. I was like, this is why we're doing this. And we also do a mentorship matching. So um, the mentees that are early in their careers can um, sign up and become a member, and then I'll help match them with a mentor based on their interests. And then we do like a facilitation of a year pairing, hoping it continues. Um, so those, I think you had somebody, Daphne, right yeah, One of our yeah. mentors was here talking with you. So she was able to really get that neck focus which many don't have right. they don't have a mentor in their facilities that really are net focused so.
0: Absolutely. And it's pretty easy for people to get information on the website. Absolutely. You can
2: just go to our website um, and search Research Incubator, and then there's a button that you can click to join, and then I'll respond. And if you're interested in being a mentee or even a mentor, you can check a box, and then we'll take it from there.
1: That's awesome. Okay,
2: that's yeah. great.
1: Erin, thank, so thank you so much for yeah, dropping by. thank you. Thank you for listening to The Incubator. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or the Apple Podcast website. You can find other episodes of The Incubator and new shows from The Incubator Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, or the podcast app of your choice. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to send us questions, comments, or suggestions to our email address, nicupodcast at gmail.com, or by visiting our website, www.theincubator.com dash incubator.org. you can also message the show on instagram or x formerly known as twitter at nicu podcast thanks again for listening and see you next time this podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice if you have any medical concerns
2: please see your primary care practitioner
1: thank you